Hello, and welcome as we consider why we ought to love Jesus Christ. If you'll remember last time, we began to explore this text in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Now I remind you about verse 8, because Peter says, Whom having not seen, you love. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now we're asking the question, why should we love Jesus Christ? And by doing that, we're exploring why Peter loved him. And it's my testimony too. It's why I love Jesus. Now the last time we found in verses 1 and 2 that we ought to love the Lord Jesus Christ because of his grace. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. That, that alone is reason enough to love Jesus Christ. But that's not the only reason. When we move on down in the text a little bit, we see that the second reason we ought to love him is because he empowers us to do everything he asks us to do. You know, some people are reluctant to commit their life to Jesus, and I've had them say to me, uh, Brother Tommy, I can't live that life. And so they're reluctant to commit themselves to Jesus, but they don't understand that every demand that the Lord Jesus makes upon our life, He is our supply. You see, He is the one who empowers us to do everything He asks us to do. In the Old Testament, the law made demands upon God's people, but it didn't give them the power to carry out those demands. There's a little poem that expresses that. It goes like this. Work and do, the law demands, but gives me neither feet nor hands. A sweeter song the gospel brings. It bids me fly, and it gives me wings. And you see, that's the gospel. The gospel bids us to fly and it gives us wings. Listen to what he says in chapter 1, verse 2. He says, we're set apart for sanctification by the Spirit for obedience. In other words, the Lord gives us His Spirit to help sanctify us or deliver us from the power of sin in our life. Now, sometimes people struggle with that. They think that they have to provide the, the wherewithal or the power to live the Christian life. The Galatians felt that way. Let me read Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 for you. Uh, he said, Paul said, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Have you begun in the Spirit, and are you now made perfect by the flesh? Uh, see, here's, here's what Paul is saying to the Galatians. You don't have to depend upon your own ability and strength to live up to God's demands. He will empower you to do that. I was greatly influenced in the early days of my ministry by the independent fundamentalist Baptist movement. Basically, wonderful people, great soul-winning people, but they presented a holiness by rules. And sometimes it appeared that they were more concerned about the length of your hair, or the color of your shirt, 
or whether or not my wife were slacks than the glory of God in some other ways. And so it took a, a, a thorough verse-by-verse study of the book of Galatians to free me. I'm still a recovering Pharisee. I guess I always will be. But the book of Galatians set me free from a holiness by rules kind of thing. When I, when I learned the secret that God empowers us to do what he asked us to do. So I, I love him, not just because he chose me by the grace of God when I didn't deserve it, not just because he empowers me to live for him, but here's a third reason, and it's found down in verse 3. I love Jesus because he defeated my worst enemy. Now, friend, that's a great reason. Let me ask you, who's your worst enemy? Well, don't answer that. I can tell you who our worst enemy is. It's D-E-A-T-H. The scripture says that our last enemy, our worst enemy to be destroyed is death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26. Listen to what the text says. In, in chapter 1 and verse 3, Paul, he talks about the fact that he has resurrected from the dead. Listen to what he says in chapter 1 and in verse 3. He, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of, of the, the Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he hath caused us to be born again to a living hope. Now get this, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So I love him because he conquered my very worst enemy, death. Several years ago, my wife and I and another group of folks from the church where I was serving at the time went to Korea for a simultaneous revival. And when we got there, we discovered that the pastors of the churches had made appointments for us to go out and share the faith. It was an amazing, amazing time. I remember sharing the gospel 13 times in a row and having 13 people pray and surrender their heart and life to Jesus Christ. I had never seen anything like it in my life. It was like plucking overripe fruit off the vine. In fact, it, it, was so, it was that way to such an extent that I said to the pastor, I said, Pastor, why did you wait for us Americans to, to, to fly 10,000 miles to pluck this ripe fruit, this waiting to be saved? He said, you don't understand. He said, you don't understand. He said, you are an American. And he said, our people will listen to you Americans. And I said, why? He said, because in the Korean War... You Americans saved us from communism. And then he said to me, you know, if it hadn't been for Americans, we would, we would not be free today. We would be under communist rule. You know what he was saying? He's saying, because you defeated our worst enemy, we will listen to you gladly. Now, here's the thing. My dear friend, I love Jesus Christ. I will listen to him gladly. Why? Because he defeated my very worst enemy. Well, that's reason enough, isn't it? To love Jesus Christ. As we continue these devotions in the days to come, we'll explore more and more reasons out of this text why we ought to love Jesus. I hope you love him. God bless you.